Hey, buddy, do you want to say a few words about this show before uh, people give it a listen? Yeah, I want to encourage everybody, if they want to uh, to learn more about the uh, Albums Are Dead podcast, to go to albumsaredead.com or visit us on t- twitter.com slash albumsaredead, on Facebook, again, slash albumsaredead, and uh, where else? We're on Instagram, uh, and if you look for Albums Are Dead on Instagram, how about that? We'll also be there. We're also on iTunes, and... Uh, I think right now that's the only place we are. We're going to try to eventually get to like Google Play, Spotify, all that. But on most podcatchers, if you type in Albums Are Dead, uh, you're going to find us. Tell me, uh, do we make money doing this show? We do not make any money doing this show. And uh, all the songs that we play on the show are for preview purposes only. So make sure to go and support the artists. Even if they don't need support, it's still the right thing to do. Go uh, stream their music legally or buy the tracks because uh, we want to keep above board, folks. All right, folks, uh, with all that being said, I think we should get to our episode. What do you think? Let's do it. This was one fun record. Got a chunky backbeat to it. Just just can't resist it. The Humpty Dance by Digital Underground, that number two on my fantasy playlist of, of uh, April 23rd, 1990. Uh, one of the main characters in this uh, act, they had rotating members, and they were... Uh, Followers of Funkadelic and Parliament. Remember Bar- Parliament, P-Funk, and uh, I just want to testify, I think was the name of the song they did. It was all the way back in 1967. And as a matter of fact, the song Humpy, D- Humpy Dance, they borrow, some, they borrow some things from Parliament. One Nation Under the Groove by Funkadelic. Remember that one? That was a good one. But anyway, uh, God, you'd think that Bootsy Collins was playing some funk on this record, man. Those trapping with funk. Yes, What you doing? Cause I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. I look funny, but yo, I'm making money, see? So yo, world, I hope you're ready for me. Now gather round. Oh, we got the funk. <laughs> What's oh, up? That's one of my favorite guys. Who is that? I found on YouTube. I don't know, just some guy on YouTube who uh, talks about music. And uh, he's like super old and southern, but he's all really into parliament. Oh, good for him. Yeah, so I, I, I enjoyed that clip. Uh, it's Albums Are Dead, everybody. Episode 27, and uh, I am Slip with Five Eyes, or Slip. I am at Megamix.com. What is going on, folks? Uh, and my pal Megamix.com taking the reins in this uh, in this episode <laughs> today. And uh, I believe you've, you've brought a special uh, treat for this week. I, I brought a special treat? Well, this album, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> I was like, what was I supposed to do? That's out of the ordinary. Yes, it is a special treat. Uh, Today we're talking Digital Underground's uh, 1990 debut album, Sex Packets. Nice. Best name ever. Uh, Well, it's got got two of the best words ever. Yes, it does. Like, packets. Not the kind of packets that that, that we usually uh, like to... uh, like no. to talk about, but you know, whatever. You'll you'll get into what these sex packets are. Of course, of course I will. Of course, uh, if we were to make an album, it would be called Tight Packets. Tight Packets, yes. Uh, which would be named after the tights that wrestlers wear, uh, the brief style of tights. Yeah, tight packets. Yeah, little tight packets. But uh, well, uh, shout out to uh, Kid Tetris there, who was uh, one of the uh, one of the first guys to talk about tight packets. So well done, KD. Uh, so do we want to just jump right into this? Um, I think we got to jump. Uh, I think we got to jump right into it. Uh, Absolutely. I, I do have a couple of questions for you. Yes. Uh, what do you, what do very you important ones. Uh, questions I may have never asked you before too. So breaking oh. new ground here on, uh, albums are dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, what, uh, interesting choice for an album. What made yes. you decide that we wanted to, uh, cover digital underground sex packets this week? That was one of my uh, my favorite uh, hip hop uh, uh, artists of all time. Um, myself and the Cajun Man, who I tried to get and wrangle for the show, uh, wasn't able to make it work. But uh, we'll get him in another time. Uh, we were big uh, just underground marks back in 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 nineteen ninety ninety one, and uh, this album was was a huge favorite of ours. Um, the album heavily samples another one of our favorites, Parliament and Funkadelic. Um, so. 
a big fan of both groups. This makes this uh, this uh, along with other early Digital Underground releases a must listen. Right. Um, I mean, Sex Packets isn't by any means a significant album in music history, but that being said, it's a hip hop concept album, and it was released at the tail end of the golden age of the genre. So I think it's it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit significant. So I thought, you know what? There's going to be some good stories. And it's pretty good. I'm quite pleased for the track by track. It's going to be a fun one. And if you dig back into our archives, by the way, uh, you also did cover uh, Mothership Connection by Parliament. So go back I did. and, and uh, dig into our archives and you will find that one. Uh, go to albumsaredead.com and uh, it's there waiting for you. It is. It really is. It's a tremendous episode. I believe that was our, um, that was our third episode. Uh, yes. Our, our best streaming episode, I believe. I believe we had... Like, uh, you know, a couple of thousand listens. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, you said you had another uh, another question. Uh, I do have another question. Actually, I have two yeah. more questions. Okay. Uh, so I asked you why we got into this. Uh, tell me about uh, your, your your background and kind of like picking up this album. When did you pick it up? Uh, how, how, did, how did this happen? Because well, I like um, some of the stories about how you acquired rap albums. Uh, I enjoy. Yes. Well, you would think that actually, um, unlike Straight Outta Compton, which go to albumsaredead.com to uh, where we went through that album, where I believe I told the story about stealing it, <laughs> um, I thought I might have stolen this one as well from a, a record store, a record store in the United States, in Minneapolis, probably. Um, I don't think I did, uh, but I do have a, I do have as good of a story. I believe that I got this album via. You're going to love this. Uh-huh. A Columbia House order. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> on tape or on CD? On CD. Um, I had this on CD, and we'll t- we're going to talk about the various versions, but um, I had this on CD. I did a big order. I mean, there was nothing better than getting that big, fat Columbia House order, like 11 CDs for a penny or whatever. Yep. And it's all, it's it's so glorious until Columbia House comes a-calling. <laughs> Wanting you to buy CDs for inflated prices. Didn't you uh, have some sort of like debt that you had to pay Columbia House for some like inconsequential amount of money? Never had to pay it. No. Okay, well that's good. No, but for a while, for a while, but you know, Columbia House eventually just kind of went away. Um, but uh, you see, it was it was it was one of those debts, right? That isn't really a debt. Yep. It's not like it's like I paid the money for the CDs that they gave me. And it was just, I broke the contract that said I had to buy more albums. <laughs> so they could say I owed the money, but I really, I didn't get any more CDs and not pay them. I just, they would send CDs. Yep. They'd send you them and then try and charge you. I just send them back. If I didn't want them, they'd send you garbage. But uh, this was one uh, that I got. And I believe along with that, uh, we, I mean, probably Young MC Brainstorm. Oh, God. Absolutely. And probably uh, a couple other... I mean, it was, there was nothing like getting a Columbia House order when you're like 13 <laughs> and it's like free CDs. Uh-huh. Best ever. I'll never owe them anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, one more important question. Yes. Yes. Have you seen them? Uh, no, I have not. Okay. Uh, neither have I. Uh, no. They still tour, right? Like not with the same, with a different configuration. Different configuration. Money B still kicking around. Shock G, obviously. Um, they, there's somebody else. Well, I'll get into the whole Humpty Hump, Shock G thing, but uh, Shock G's one of his alter egos, of course, is Humpty Hump, and they often perform in the same song, so he would get stand-ins to play either himself or Humpty Hump. They have. I saw a video of, of Money B recently doing uh, Do What You Like, and uh, he had some kind of whack-ass Humpty with him. <laughs> So I don't know. It definitely wasn't Shock G, and it definitely wasn't Shock G's brother. So I have no idea. Um, they they still perform, but you know, yeah. Uh, at the top of the show, we said uh, something like, um, you know, we say like, make sure to to purchase or stream the music. I would suggest, you know, if you want, you should you should buy Sex Packets. Go on iTunes and buy it. <laughs> Give them all the money you can. Give them all the money you can. Not like, listen. It, they, there was some good creative output there. Uh, this album sold a million copies, though, and we'll get into that. But, um, yeah, I, I would say uh, nothing against Shock G, but the, the output has not, been, has not been there over the years. Now, um, my question to you is, um, you have not seen them, but uh, what, what are your recollections of, of Digital Underground's sex packets, if any? 
Uh, well, I knew who Humpty was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I was aware of what the Humpty Hump was. Yes. Uh, but for the longest period of time, I knew three things. I knew Humpty Hump. Yes. I knew do what you want. I knew, yeah, Humpty Dance. I knew, but I, but I bet you I called it the Humpty Hump forever. I'm like, you oh, did. you like that song Humpty Hump? <laughs> uh I, I knew do what you like yes uh and i knew that they liked parliament <laughs> yes uh other than so that good. other than that not too much uh did pick up a copy of sex packets on vinyl uh it was one of the cheap it's it was uh for a while one of the cheaper ones to pick up like i oh, think yeah. back when the exchange rate were of course from canada uh back when the exchange rate was good i think this the lp was only like 15 bucks or something so, you know, not too bad. Uh, yeah. So picked up and I had, you know, I had it on CD, uh, yeah. probably in one of our, one of our UCD binges that, that we went of on. Course. Uh, of course. But uh, so, you know, I, I've given it listens here and there. Uh, couldn't recite the album cover to cover or anything like that. Uh, yeah. But I appreciate that it's, it's a, it's a good listen, a long ass album. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but like not bad. Like, I don't think it's, no. I mean, we'll get into a track by track as always, but yes. Uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Not not nearly uh, as excited about it as as or overall as you've been, but yeah, uh, still obviously enjoy cool. uh, the output of this album and know basically nothing else by Digital Underground. Uh, oh, I also knew that Tupac was uh, involved with them at some point. Yes, he was. Uh, sorry. Indeed. Yes, well, I knew I mean, that we'll too. That. Yeah, Absolutely. Tupac and Humpty. Yeah. <laughs> and Humpty. <laughs> um, let's run down the tail of tape quickly. Um, uh, Sex Packets, uh, debut studio album from Digital Underground, released released on March 26, 1990, on Tommy Boy Records. Now, the compact disc release uh, features 14 tracks, clocks in at 65 minutes and 26 seconds. Now, here's where it gets interesting. The, the LP version has only 13 tracks and has a runtime of 55 minutes and 7 seconds. There's also a different cassette version, which I believe the Cajun Man had. Yeah. Um, that cassette version had 17 tracks, including an extended version of one of the tracks, pushing its runtime to 81 minutes. Jesus. I guess they could just fit more on the, on the tape. Yep. Um, we're going to focus on the CD version here, folks. Um, cause that's what's most readily available on, uh, on things like iTunes or Spotify and surprisingly Bandcamp. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, I will, I'm going to touch on the extra tracks, uh, when they, when they slot in while we go through. So. I'll, I'll cue you up to play those as I include them for you to, uh, to add in. Okay. Um, Sex Packets sold over a million copies. Um, so it's one of our lowest uh, selling albums. Nice. In the, in the lower third that we've covered on this show. Um, it was certified platinum in the U.S. on September 18th, 1990. I have no numbers on any other countries. Um, the album peaked at number 24 on the Billboard 200 on May 26, 1990. Overall, it spent seven weeks on the Billboard 200. Um, it peaked at number eight on Billboard's top R&B slash hip hop album chart on June 16th, 1990. Um, here are some of the notables it was behind at number eight. Um, uh, coming in at number seven, uh, Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation, 1814. Oh, go back in the archives. Lisa, yeah, yeah. Lisa Stanfield's Affection, Public Enemy's Fear of a Black Planet, En Vogue's Born to Sing, Belle Biv DeVoe's Poison, Johnny Gill's self-titled record, and at number one on that week, MC Hammer. Please hammer, don't hurt him. <laughs> a monster album. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> All right. Um, the album's success is mainly attributed to the Humpty Dance, or the Humpty Hump. <laughs> uh, the album's uh, hit single, which reached number 11 on the pop charts, number 7 on the R&B charts, and number 1 on the rap singles chart, and is, today this, and is to this day the group's signature track. We will be touching on it um, as we go track by track. In uh, 1998, The Source... Uh, magazine ranked Sex Packets at number 27 on their list of the 100 best rap albums of all time. So, got a little bit of a rub there. Good. That is the tale of the tape. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the album. I don't have a lot about the making of the album, but I've, I found some. I found a few articles. Okay. First, let's talk about Digital Underground. Uh, Digital Underground, uh, their leader and mainstay was uh, Greg Shock G. Jacobs. Uh, who's also known as Humpty Hump, among others, as we'll get to as we go through this journey. Um, Shock G formed the group in 1987 with, you're going to love this guy, 
Jimmy Chopmaster J <laughs> of Berkeley, California. Yes. <laughs> and Tampa hip hop radio DJ Kenneth Kenny K. Waters. Um, heavily influenced by the various funk bands of the 70s, um, Digital Underground sampled such music frequently, which became a defining element of West Coast rap. So, um, you know, in as the years as the 90s went on, uh, more and more funk was being sampled in West Coast rap. Digital Underground at the forefront of that. Uh, using the name Rockadelic, Glenn uh, uh, Shock G designed all the album covers and uh, cartoon lace liner notes in homage to all those Parliament Funkadelic album designs. So uh, Shock a jack of all trades. Um, he would, uh, you know, in the sequencing, the keyboard slash piano, uh, all of that, he's heavily involved. Uh, Digital Underground, also notable for launching the careers of Tupac Shakur, the career of Tupac Shakur, as well as spinning off side projects and solo acts, including one of my favorites, is in Money Bee. Oh, you know what? You got to uh, say that one again. Which, what's the favorite? Raw Fusion. All right. Featuring, which was uh, Money B and DJ Fuse, singer Mystic. So, uh, Digital Underground ended up releasing a stopped kind of following it once Future Rhythm came in about not 2001 or 2002. Um, Shock G continues to make music, but uh, generally it's uh, come in really handy because the dude still buys their albums. So, yeah, so uh, that's Digital Underground. Um, Let's talk for a quick second about Shock G and his many alter egos, uh, mainly Humpty Hump. Okay. Um, here's, a, here's an article uh, from uh, a 2010 article from the San Francisco Weekly. <clears throat> here's, and, and, I, and I quote, Rap ruses get no better than Humpty Hump. The alter ego of Digital Underground's leader, Shock G. Humpty's mythology has him wearing a fa- fabulously perso- personalized Groucho Marx-style nose to cover up horrific facial scars incurred during a fictional accident with a deep, fat fryer and rapping about Randy escapades that, according to Lyric Lore, took place in a Burger King bathroom. <laughs> the persona has also been a profitable jape. Humpty's anthem, The Humpty Dance, was a number one pop hit around the world and has been sampled by over 50 other artists, which that to this day shocks cashing royalty checks from one-time girl power icons the Spice Girls, uh, who did sample The Humpty Dance, I believe, in a song. Uh, the, the, the drum beat. Uh, with Digital Underground's final group release, the Greenlight EP dropping last week, uh, that was in 2010, Shock G took some time to pull off the mask and reveal the four people who played Humpty Hump in the public eye over the years. Uh, the interviewer then asks if there's uh, asks if there's a live version of Same Song on their EP. Uh, this is an EP release, released in 1991. Did you perform both the Shock G and Humpty Hump part? And Shock G says this, that was at a KMLEL summer jam in 1991 at the Shoreline Amphitheater in Mountain View. My little brother, Kent Racker, who's a rock guitarist, doubled the Shock G on that show so we could pull the double act off on stage. Kent is the one that dressed up in the Shock G robes, the zebra print, an African-style kufi hat with the dark sunglasses. He walked out on stage with a dead mic, lip-syncing the first verse. I'm backstage dressed as Humpty Hump with a live mic, rapping the Shock G lines. Obviously, Kent didn't sing nothing for the rest of the show, but he was on stage walking around. <laughs> With Tupac and Money B running interference, no one figured it out. To this day, those 60 or 70,000 people at that summer jam still argue about whether it was the real Humpty or not. Should come out and uh, been like, tricked you. Tricked you. <laughs> uh, the interviewer then asked, did Kent ever perform as Humpty on other occasions? Shock G responds, yeah, he was there in that movie with Dan Aykroyd, nothing but trouble. Plus, when we... Uh, performed the we're all in the same gang song on arsenio hall i watched that today it's awesome um with easy and tone loke and all of them but uh that that time he was humpty because he could pull the humpty voice off nice if we both had to have live mics it was better to let him be humpty his diction wasn't totally like mine so real fans could tell something was different but when i was humpty and kent was shock g everybody bought that as humpty so um the interviewer then asked did anyone anybody else ever play humpty Shock G says this. There were four Humpties ever. <laughs> so many Humpties. <laughs> Michael Webster, an artist who draws for a living in Oakland, looked enough like me to play Humpty. He was Humpty on the cover of a Bay Area music magazine and was also an 8 by 10 glossy of Dijon Underground that Tommy Boy used to circulate in the first two years. One of the upper two teeth was a little darker than the other one. That's the only one you can tell because the nose covers up so much. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, in the Humpty Dance video, when Humpty would walk by Shock G, that was Rod Houston, the video rep from Tommy Boy, who happened to look enough like me. So that's three, four, three different Shock Gs and four Humpties. 
Um, finally, the interviewer asks, who was the fourth Humpty? This is my favorite story. Uh, Shock G, don't remember his name, but it was my ex-wife's boyfriend. I was married at that time from around 91 to 96, and my wife, Melissa, had a high school sweetheart who was still around and remained friends with her. He was trying to do music and wanted to be cool with me. He couldn't believe that his little Melissa married Shock G. But the guys in the group, like Money B and Tupac, they used to joke that not only was he wearing the Humpty outfit, but he was going to be tapping Melissa again. <laughs> They'd be like, Shock going to come home and find Humpty fucking his wife. <laughs> <laughs> they were all cracking up. I mean, it was risky letting my wife's ex-boyfriend be all in the limo with us, but to this day, I don't believe anything happened. So, uh, There's not a lot of stuff here about the recording of sex, packet, sex packets, but uh, there is a nice little write-up from a 2015 article in The Guardian. I'm just going to read a couple of passages from that because I think it encapsulates the, the general feel. All right. Not a review per se. It's more of a retrospective. Um, he, so here we go. Digital Underground were one of those wonderful groups who doomed themselves to cult status at best by arriving too soon. Or perhaps by being the first to accomplish something that might well not have happened without them and from which their successors reaped the benefits. In their case, it was a seamless integration of P-Funk with rap. Three years after G-Funk took over hip-hop, they picked up where George Clinton had yet to leave off, seizing on 70s Parliament Funkadelic stretchy, booty-bouncing grooves and mob-handed extravagance, along with Clinton's totter 80s techno-funk. To this day, they added the remarkable vo- to this they added the remarkable vocal talents of their real star, who bears the distinction of having not been not one but two of the finest MCs to wield a mic. <clears throat> a shock G, Jacobs was a straight man, sort of, a, a semi-paradic player with a cool, insinuating delivery and ingenious, dirty, druggy rhymes. Then sticking a joke store nose and glasses combo over, over his face, he transformed into Humpty Hump. Um, Humpty, it was who would make Digital Underground for a little while at least famous, taking the lead on the breakthrough hit, The Humpty Dance. Um, the Humpty Dance is that rare and glorious thing, a novelty song that's also a great pop record and re- remains fresh at each hearing. Sex Packets is an extraordinary hour uh, album, an hour-long pyrotechnic display of wit, imagination, sleaze, pneumatic beats, and sundry flavors of lyrical doolily. <laughs> About two-thirds of the way in, Sex Packets abruptly decides to become a satirical concept, a satirical concept album about a street drug that induces the sensation of a real and specific sexual experience, making it about a dozen times more addictive than crack. This conceit, executed with delicious elan, is the high watermark of Digital Underground's career. So, gives you a little bit of a, a little taste. Um, I mentioned Bandcamp earlier. Yep. There is a Bandcamp for, uh, I think they have Bandcamp pages for uh, a bunch of their releases. Well, at least, at least four of them. Uh, from the official description on the Bandcamp site where you can buy sex packets, here's what I presume Shock G has to say about it. It is a concept album about GSRA, a.k.a. Genetic Suppression Relief Antidotes a pharmaceutical substance that is produced in the form of a large glowing pill about the size of a quarter, which comes in a condom-sized package that is allegedly developed by the government to provide its intended users, such as astronauts, experience in situations where the normal normal attainment of such experiences would be counterproductive to the mission at hand. <laughs> I'm at the band camp page now. This is so great. He's all, he's all fucking kayfabing it so hard. Well, that's great. It's fucking great. So, essentially, Sex Packets is a hip-hop record that part of it is a concept album about a pill that dudes can take when they when they can't get laid uh, so they don't have to furiously masturbate. The, be- the best part about this Bandcamp page is there's, like, 18 people who have purchased it through Bandcamp. Like, that's it. <laughs> well, we're going to get to some... I got some interesting, uh, some interesting numbers as we go through this. Um, track by track. Would you like? Would you like to do that right now? Oh, we're gonna do the tracks. Nice. What do you think? I mean, I mean, we gave a little bit of a background. I don't have a lot of information on the making of the album. You know, it's kind of hard to, uh, except for one moment, I believe, had no involvement in this album. So it's really hard to uh, to kind of pare down anything that doesn't have Tupac in it. If we were talking about about Sons of the P, then we could talk Tupac. But um, I think it's time to go track by track because we got we got a good chunk of them to go through. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do track one. Humpty. <laughs> the Humpty Hump. Alright, so the Humpty Dance. Oh, that's what this is? Yes, this is the second single, though not really a second single from the album. They released two singles before the album came out 
um, uh, well before the album came out. So as kind of like a lead up. So it's not like this. Uh, this this single came out in July 1989. Uh, it reached number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100 on June 2nd, 1990. Uh, overall, it spent 11 weeks on the chart. Um, it peaked at number seven on the Billboard Hot R&B slash Hip Hop Songs on April 28th, 1990. It also spent 11 weeks on this chart. Uh, as we said before, um, it also hit number one on the Billboard Hot Rap Songs chart on March 17th, 1990. Uh, so just about uh, just about 29 years ago. Oof. Spent five weeks at number one before being toppled by Above the Law's Murder Rap <laughs> on April 21st, 1990. Overall, it spent 13 weeks on the chart. So it was a, a fairly uh, fairly big rap hit. Um, the single, and, and it was a big hit because the single itself sold over a million copies. Uh, the single was certified platinum by the RIAA on April 23rd, 1990. Um, the single, uh, the A-side, is a mini hump radio mix of the song. So the radio <laughs> edit. Um, the B-sides feature a bonus hump mix <laughs> and a humpstermental mix of the track. <laughs> nice. Uh, you can't talk to Underground or really any hip-hop album without talking samples, my friend. Yes. Um, and this one, only a few. Uh, Humpty Dance samples The Vibrettes Humpty Dump uh, Parliament's Let's Play House And Theme from the Black Hole And it also uh, samples Sly and the Family Stones Sing a Simple Song um, The Humpty Dance is one of the most Sampled songs recorded by hip hop Rap artists um, It's been uh, boasting over 100 usages in other songs uh, By 1993 Less than 3 years after this release It had already been sampled in over 20 popular songs Most of them us- utilizing the drum track in fact, it was sampled so much that Digital Underground uh, devoted a song on their four, their third full-length album, uh, The Body Hat Syndrome, with a song called The Humpty Dance Awards. And uh, it, it's kind of played snippets of all the songs that it sampled it. Um, since then, uh, dozens more artists, artists have sampled the song. So an interesting one where a bunch of other artists have sampled this uh, this song that sampled other songs. Um, let's. Uh, the track features uh, Shock G. Sorry, Shock G's alter ego, Humpty Humpty Hump. It's, it's all Humpty, though DJ Fuse is credited with background vocals. Um, according to the Wickeye, the Humpty Dance, you're going to love this, the Humpty Dance is a tribute to Humpty Hump's sexual prowess, despite his ridiculous experience, appearance. <laughs> yep. In, um, in Brian Coleman's 2007 book, Check the Technique, liner notes for hip-hop junkies, Shock G had this to say about the track. He said, I knew I was on the right path when George Clinton said that he thought the Humpty Dance was cool. It's in karaoke books. So, um, there was a music video, Big Man. Yeah. Oh, what? Yes, uh, it was basically a concert clip with Humpty doing his silly dance. Okay, then. And when he talks about his nose being big like a pickle, he holds a pickle up. <laughs> now, Uh-oh. over at Song Meanings. Yes. Um, commenter, dorky underscore Twilighter had this to say about the Humpty Dance. <laughs> This is such a fun song to dance to and rap to. <laughs> he raps to it. Yeah. User Lizzie 10207 says, My brother knows this song so well, he knows all the words and he dances to it. He even did the dance in front of my mom. Humpty <laughs> dance. <laughs> Finally, user Bulldog01B says, This is one of my girlfriend's favorite songs. I worry about her sometimes. I love you, Gummy Bear. Some drama over it. Yeah, like what's happening? I, I hope Gummy Bear's okay. I hope so too. So that's the Humpty Dance. Any anything to add? Uh no, I, I'm I'm over at uh songmeetings.com and you've you've nailed the good ones. So Um uh, in grade eight, I remember uh making a mega mix of this song. Uh using two tape decks. Uh, sampling out various parts that I liked and repeating them over and over. So Well you are uh, megamix.com. Yes I am. Uh, that, that is true. So the Humpty Dance, everybody. Let's move on to track notes. Oh, there we go. Yo, Shock, man. People been coming up to me saying, yo, man, what's up with the underground, man? You guys old school, new school, R&B, or hip-hop? What should I tell them? Now, this is not your average everyday rap song. We won't be rocking bells. I always love dialogue at the start of rap songs. Oh, it's so good. Check out the way we kick it on. Oh, this is a monster hit. Uh, it's not a hit. It's a monster hit for me. Uh, the Way We Swing 
Probably my favorite track on the album. That fucking bass line. Jesus. Here we go. We're on the microphone. MCs. You like the way we swing. Oh, it's good. So the uh, the sample on this is uh, Who Knows by Jimi Hendrix off of his uh, landmark Band of Gypsies album after he uh, disbanded the Jimi Hendrix experience. Um, the track primarily features Shock G on the mic, but uh, Money B and Shock's other alter ego, MC Blowfish, do some uh, additional background vocals. Th- now, I got to say something here, and this is going to be a theme throughout. Uh, there are no comments about this on Song Meetings. Well, uh, unfortunately, uh, in fact, outside of one comment for Do What You Like, there are no other comments on this uh, on this album. Uh, part of the problem is probably that on song meetings, this is titled The Way We Sing. Yeah, nice. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, um, that being said, I'm going to try out a new source today. Oh, yes. Um, I think it can provide an equally fantastic fan perspective. Let's find out what they're saying. On YouTube, my friend. <laughs> yes. So on YouTube, uh, and I went, I used the same source. It's Tommy Boy's official audio of the album. So they have every track uh, from the CD version uploaded as just, uh, you know, like a the song with a, uh, a static image. Well, fairly static. There's, it's, it's pulsating a little bit of the cover. Uh, it's from Tommy Boy. Uh, so it's not, you know, um, we'll get to it. Some of the some of the views are probably not as high because people are more likely to watch the videos. So. Um, on YouTube, uh, this uh, the the, uh, the the official audio of the way we swing has twenty five thousand views. It has uh, about twenty five thousand views. It has two hundred eighteen likes and nine dislikes. Uh huh. Um, John B says, "I wish I was high." Jimmy was and is the shit. <laughs> Big Buffy sixty two says, "Less than thirty two k views." What is wrong with you people? Oh. And I replied. The people watching the video, what's wrong with you? Just uh, to which Wall 79 replied, their real names are probably Broadworth or Bennett. Fucking <laughs> line from the song and it's off. I love I love the shaming though. Yep. The shaming like you go to the to view the video and you read the person shaming those who will never see the video because yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so the dude then quotes the fucking song, which is amazing. Uh, that's always good. Actually, on a lot of these YouTube for their for their songs, so many quoting of the song. That's the best. Um, the way we swing, uh, a song that I put on a mix when I would put the old uh, headphones over my uh, pregnant wife's uh, belly. Oh, nice! My son in utero. The way we that massive bass line. Here we go. I love it. Like the way we swing, but you don't stop. That's some badass shit. That is some bad. Uh, we're gonna go to track three, but before you play it, yep. On the cassette version, uh, on the LP and the cassette, the first two songs are the same um, as on the CD. But on the uh, cassette version, uh, here's a clip of what was uh, a song called "Hip Hop Doll." You gotta hear this. Wow. The story is is that he's singing it like the fucking Warner Brothers frog. Yep. So there's a, a whole thing. But Hip Hop Doll, of course, was an early Digital Underground track. Uh, again, thrown onto the cassette version to pad out the uh, the, the, the ability to have a longer runtime. Um, track three, though, from the uh, track three from the CD. Here it is. Oh, get to the rapping. <laughs> well, it's essentially a Parliament song at this point. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> uh, this is rhyming on the front. <laughs> appropriately. Anyway, uh, this is the fifth track on the cassette, and it's the tenth track on the LP, so it's it's all over the place on those two other mediums. Rhyming on the funk samples Parliament's flashlight. Funk All-Stars pumping it up, special club mix. Um, the track features Shock G and Money B on the mic. Um, I, one of the worst lines ever. 
So uh, the track features Shock G and Money B on the mic. Uh, Money B, of course, responsible in this song for one of the worst uh, lines ever. Uh, I'm going to read it to you right now. Uh Uh, He says, oh, shit, my fucking, my my iPad here uh, 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 went to sleep mode. Okay. Money B says, because I know I'm the poop, steaming hot, stinking up the dance floor. Oh, fuck. All right. You must have loved that so much when you were younger, though. Oh, I thought it was hilarious. Uh-huh. Uh, Money B later impersonates Humpty Hump during the song, which used to make the Cajun man so mad. <laughs> he was legitimately mad. He'd be like, he doesn't sound like Humpty Hump at all. It was, it was, it was, that was the point. Um, uh, Digital Underground would rework this track on their follow-up. Uh, this is an EP release, and they called it Arguing on the Funk, Arguing on the Funk, and it was Shock G and Humpty, Humpty Hump arguing about what funk is. Okay. Um, over on YouTube, uh, the official audio from Tommy Boy has about 15,000 views, 110 likes, 7 dislikes, not many comments, but R.W. Pickles says, the end sounds like Flashlight by Parliament. <laughs> I'm thinking, dude, like, it's so easy just to find. <laughs> like, just look it up. Yes. God. What insights. So that's Rhyme on the Funk. Here we go. And listen to the MCs rhyming on the funk. All right, here we go. Track four, very short track. Come on. Do it. So anyway, this is the new jazz, open parenthesis one, close parenthesis. Uh, this is the sixth track on the cassette. It's the ninth track on the LP. Uh, this is essentially an instrumental track that features the hook from Hip Hop Doll, as we talked about before. And some keys from Shock G's other alter ego, the Piano Man. <laughs> so many alter egos. The uh, dr- the beat, uh, the sample is Run DMC's Beats to the Rhyme, which is fantastic. Uh, over on YouTube, there's actually official audio from Tommy Boy on this. It has about 7,500 views. Uh, Troy Daniels had this to say: "This interlude is dope. Drums sound amazing." And you know what? I agree. I wish this was a longer song. It's good. And that's the new jazz. One. Here we go. Track five. So much scratching. <laughs> Simulated claps. <laughs> We'd like to ask now that all passengers please hold your breath. Just so many fucking samples. Yep. Like right away. Yep. Just wait till we get to do what you like, my friend. Uh, this is Underwater Rhymes. There you go. So on the cassette version, yep. Uh, this is track four. It's the eighth track on the LP. This is the original version of this track. Of this track was Digital Underground's first single in 1988. Uh, this is of course a remix. The original had a B-side called "Your Life's a Cartoon," which is terrible. Um, the song samples. Here we go. <clears throat> Herbie Hancock's Chameleon, Parliament's Aqua Boogie, a Psycho Alpha Disco Beto by Aqua Doolop, and the Beastie Boys' Paul Revere. So only four samples. So, you know. Um, the, song, the track features Shock G as his alter ego, MC Blowfish, on the mic, <laughs> with additional vocals from Money B and The Computer Woman. Okay. Who shows up uh, multiple times on this album. Uh, over on YouTube, uh, the official audio has over 20,000 views. Here's some comments. Sad Babs says one of their weaker songs, Still Lit Though. <laughs> Jason uh-huh. Budge says bought this as a teenager and it still sounds fresh parliament inspired genius hip-hop so um i'll kind of tend to agree this is a gimmicky track uh with a big fat beat but uh otherwise pretty throwaway from a tv blooper got pulled by a deep sea state trooper told me that i didn't have the right to bite i said your wife looks just like a fat blue grouper all right so yeah so shock g is rapping about being underwater and rhyming <laughs> and he's a fish and then he plays another fish later about being chased by the fish cops and things so yeah that's uh that's uh underwater rhymes okay let's go to track six. Oh god this fucking intro okay we're on the air live from lake merritt in oakland california oh my god just scrub we'll it like a minute nope all right here we go <laughs> i'm ted casey Come on. It's still going. 
There you go. Called uh, Gutfest '89. Yep. Open parenthesis. Edit. Close parenthesis. <laughs> um, this track is not included on the LP. Um, the cassette release has a full version of the song, which clocks in at get this, eight minutes. Oh. Because we needed that version of the track on the cassette is uh, is track ten. Um, here it's track six, and it's an edited version. This is a gimmicky song about a fictional music festival in Lake Merritt. Oakland, uh, in Lake Merritt in Oakland, California, where Digital Underground would apparently close the show over Miles Davis, The Clash, and The Who. I guess. I, lo- I love how it's edited down to six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the Gut Fest, a, a fictional uh, festival. Uh, the song samples Dexter Wansell's theme from the planets, Ray Charles' is What I Say, and Johnny Pate's Shaft in Africa. Um, it features Shock G and Money B on the mic primarily uh, on YouTube. Uh, the official audio, not very high, 8,000 views. Um, user The Amazing says, I need the cassette version. And I thought, dude, like, it's so easy to find. <laughs> need those two minutes. It, it's literally like a click away. Um, it's on YouTube. Uh, Steven Dangle has this to say. The fact that there are no comments about this song speaks volumes. Secret meeting places just for the chance to get this cassette. No cell phones, no six-second sample rule. You just waited and waited for the possibility. DJ Clue might shoot by our corner. Hot 97 every Friday, Red Alert, and Dirty Jersey, Newark, Butterfields, Tretch, and Wyclef. Coming correct. That dude's got fucking inside info. Oh, big time. Nice. He knows all about the full version of Gut Fest 89. <laughs> I couldn't think of a like a more like obscure song than this song. Like literally, I I can't imagine that there's more pe- like more than a dozen people who have ever like thought of this who aren't who aren't digital underground fans. My favorite thing about hip hop tracks is when they um is when they reference a year. <laughs> like it's so modern. It's all the album came out in 1990. They all dated it immediately. <laughs> While they're recording it, it's like you get it, and it's dated. It's like uh, it's like uh, Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> Eighty nine is my time. Ninety is my year. Nice, yeah. nice. So that's uh, that's Gut Fest Eighty Nine, the edited version. All right. Uh, let's move on to track seven. Man, somebody coming, man! Hurry up, put the pipe down. Shh, be quiet. <laughs> Is this covering anything? Oh, it's got samples. Oh, I can tell. Absolutely. Uh, this is the danger zone. Yep. Underground getting a little haired. Uh, this is the 11th track on the LP. It's track seven on the cassette, uh, which is the same as the track it is here. Um, it samples Parliament's flashlight. <laughs> Bootsy, Bootsy's rubber bands, Bootzilla, and EPMDs. You're a customer. Uh, it features Shock G and Kenny K on the mic. And I swear to God, that's Tupac at the, at the beginning of the track. Oh, nice. Talking about the pipe. It has to be. Uh, I read somewhere that he was actually in the studio during Sex Packets. So he probably recorded that one little line. I love your fact. But I read somewhere. Yeah, I read. I, you know what? It was, it was, it was, it might have been, there was, I'm going to, I'm going to reference it later. Okay. It's a Rolling Stone oral history of Tupac in Digital Underground. Okay. So yes, yeah, so that's where I got it. Um, they, uh, this, Digital Underground takes a harder edge on this track. Uh, it stands out like a store thumb amid all the shenanigans. Um, in Brian Coleman's Check the Technique liner notes for hip-hop junkies, Shock G had this to say about the danger zone. That rhyme style on there is my true undiluted style. We had to represent that serious side of us, even though the humor and sci-fi side of us was more prominent on the album. We wanted to keep a door open where we could be serious commentators if it ever leaned that way again. Which it did. But by then, Digital Underground, not a factor. Yep. Um, on YouTube, uh, the official audio has about 15,000 views. Uh, Sicilian Man Dan, Don, Sicilian Man Don says, I was an 80s metalhead and for the most part hated rap back then, but this album was awesome. All right, good I job. commented that on The Danger Zone. <laughs> he brought the metalhead, the Italian metalhead over. That's great. 
like outside of the cassette stuff, probably the worst track. Wow, ooh, there's a, there's a few bad ones. Uh, this is pretty bad. Uh, Negron Family says still ahead of its time after 30 years, and I'm thinking this mm. track not so much. I mean, really, is any of it ahead of its time after 30 years? Not really. No. No. Still awesome. But yeah, it's, it's great. You know, Anyway, that's the danger zone. Getting spooky on uh, sex patterns. Alright. Okay. Let's go to track eight. Jesus. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> This is uh, track eight, Freaks of the Industry. Um, this is the ninth and opening track on of side B on both the cassette and the LP. So you're getting a special treat when you turn that that tape or that, that record over. Um, samples: uh, Donna Summer's "Love to Love You" and Diana Ross's "Love Hangover." Uh, it features Shock G and Money B on the mic being fucking dirty and nasty. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, uh, ah. I mean, this is a this is a bit of a precursor to, to early 90s gangster rap being all about sex. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a few comments here, so I'm going to get right to that. Uh, on YouTube. Okay, you're going to love this. On YouTube, I assume because of all the sexiness that this the audio for this uh, for this track has... 182,000 views. Oh, shit. Um, 2,400 likes, 89 dislikes. Uh, as a comparison, because I didn't mention this earlier, the, earlier, the audio of the Humpty Dance has almost 212,000 views, just the audio. So it's comparable. Um, anyway, the, commentings are, the comments are overwhelmingly positive, which is kind of weird because this song kind of sucks. Um, the commenter, Creepypasta, says, I remember tripping balls driving around downtown Chicago listening to this song. Oh, well, this one. All right. Yes. Good so choice. Get, you know what, though? Now it gets worse. Um, Melissa, a.k.a. MMFA Fowler, says, I first heard this when I was 14. Upon listening to this specific track, led to my glorious cerebral slash self-love deflowering moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Here's my favorite one, though. Daniel Cabrera says, This shit is so funky and nasty and not degrading to a woman in any way. It's just about doing the nasty and I like doing the nasty. <laughs> He's gonna do get nasty. <laughs> and I'm thinking, are you a time traveler from 1990 talking about doing the nasty? <laughs> so fucking great. Uh, the, the, in the song that you mentioned, Vanessa Williams in a clever joke where they talk about Vanessa Williams and they're like, oh, it's the, the singer slash beauty queen. And then Shock G says, no, the X-rated film actress. That's the same Vanessa Williams. <laughs> so the funny wink-wink joke at Vanessa Williams' expense. So um, that's Freaks of the Industry. Lots of heavy uh, moaning and groaning. My head under her leg, under my arm, under her toe. She says, I like it when you scream, baby, let yourself go. All right. Oh, Jesus Christ. He lends, talks about later how you, you take it out and put it in her butt. So... <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassing. Uh, let's get let's get another hit under the belt. Well, semi hit anyway. Here we go. No, track five. Yes. A kid Tetris. Do what you like. Yes. Uh, this is track eight on the cassette. It's the thirteenth and final track on the LP. Uh, here on the CD, track nine. Uh, this was the first single released independently prior to being included on Sex Packets. Uh, it came out in spring 89. It reached number 29 on Billboard's Hot R&B slash Hip Hop Songs chart on August 11th, 1990. It spent eight weeks on that chart. It peaked at number 19 on the Hot Rap Songs chart. Uh, a couple weeks later, on August 25th, 1990, it spent seven weeks on that chart. Uh, the B-sides include various mixes of this track, including a... Play How You Like Mix, uh -huh. and the Underground Like Appella Mix, Jesus. and then two versions of, of the uh, shitty hip-hop doll. Um, a later release of this would, uh, a re-release of the single uh, later in 1990 would feature three different versions of Packet Man as the B-sides. <laughs> we'll get to Packet <laughs> Such a great name. Now, um, I have to clear my throat because I'm going to go through the samples. Are you ready? Yes. 
All right, we got <clears throat> Parliament's flashlights. Flashlight. All your goodies are gone and agony of defeat. We got Casey and the Sunshine Band. Sunshine Band's I Get Lifted. Fuck, my iPad keeps going to sleep on me. It's going to sleep. Uh, okay, here it is. Prince's Sexuality. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. There we go. We did it, my friend. Uh, Von Mason's Bounce, Rock, Skate, Roll. Dougie Fresh's Keep Rising to the Top. George Clinton's Atomic Dog. Sheik's Good Times. UTFO's Bite It. Bob James's Westchester Lady. I'll Be Sure's Rescue Me. Eric B. and Rakeem's Paid in Full. Whistles, Nothing Serious, Just Buggin'. And Big Daddy Kane's Ain't No Half Steppin'. Holy shit. Tons and tons of samples. It's great. Uh, the song features Shock G, Humpty Hump, and Money B on the mic. It also features the Piano Man on keys, which is Shock G, the Computer Woman, and a little kid who I assume is named Baby Dope. <laughs> Great name. Baby Dope were in the house. Um, over on Genius.com, they had this to say about the track. The high-spirited high, pitch, the high ode to doing what you like features some of the classic instru- instructions about what to do if your toenails look like onions. Uh, hint, seek medical attention. Also notable for pretty much being a duet with one person doing both voices, much like Biggie's Gimme the Loot. So, Genius piping in with the one comment they had on the whole album. Thank you, Genius. Uh, there was one comment on songmeetings.com. Um, user Superdam said, Review how you like. This is one of their best. A great party ch- track. Now go wash your feet. So, okay, thank you. Uh, the, the official audio has about 17,000 views. Uh, Richard Price claims that anyone who disliked the video did what they like. God, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, he's saying if you disliked the video, you did what you like. All right, well. Yeah, it's, it's a funny joke. Uh, William Smith says, Ultimate West Coast House, how can not dance and swing some hip to this tune? He followed that up with a variety of emojis, <laughs> including like a fucking flexing bicep. That's well, power. This song is power. Come on, class. Uh, do what you like. A uh, a, uh, club, a minor club hit at the time. time for you to announce your station identification. Oh yes, the gimmick is, is that they, they they fade out for the uh, for the radio audience and then fade back in for all the people partying in the backyard. Uh, this song runs at nine minutes. <laughs> all right. This fucking, this fucking album. At this point on the cassette tape, we get three cassette only tracks in a row. Uh, first, we get, as we mentioned, the, f- the full version of Gutfest 89. Uh, then we get followed right, right after that by uh, this, Sound of the Underground. This is heard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the cassette version has a few more heard songs. <laughs> it's not very all right. I tell you, Cajun Man had this tape. I was so jealous. <laughs> it was like a piece of gold. Again, uh, reminder that back in the day, you couldn't just find this stuff on the internet. No, you couldn't. Uh, now these songs are easy to find. Um, you can you can find them anywhere. Um, and then this uh, song followed, a tribute to the early days. Yo, we were gonna do this like this, alright? I say it's one, it's for the Buddha, and two, it's for the cess. Three is for the coke, and don't forget the Buddha bless. Yes, yes, y'all. And you don't stop. I keep on till the break of dawn. I keep on till the early morn. A technique, Gemini amplifiers, too. Don't you know Anyway, it goes on. You know, on you. That's, uh, there you uh, go. All right. Tribute to the early days. So we got a trifecta of songs on the cassette. Uh, we go now to track 10 on the CD. <laughs> so good. So this is the packet prelude. Yes. It's a short piano ditty based off the sex packets hook uh, by Shock G as the piano man. Very smooth. Uh, on the cassette, this is track 13. And it's on the LP, track 3. Oh, they nice. They go right to the pack. The, the, the this and the sex packets and the and uh, and packet man like right off the top of the album so uh, they moved the whole suite to side A on that release as you probably know from the LP release that you have that's the packet prelude shall we go right into go. sex packets let's go right into sex packets track eleven. Uh. 
so sexy. So, uh, sex packets um, on the cassette. Um, this is track 14. As I said on the LP, it's track four. This is the title track and the song that encapsulates the concept of biochemically compacted sexual affection. And as I said, essentially, if you can't get laid, take a sex packet and achieve an orgasm without having to masturbate. Must have uh, been your dream when you were uh, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, samples. Oh, here we go again. Princes. She's always in my hair. Yes. Uh, Parliament's the Modi Booter, Modi Booter, Motor Booty Affair and the uh, Dr. Funkenstein Super Groovalistic Prosifunkstication Medley medley from their live P-Funk Earth Tour album. Um, I assume that's the drums, uh, drum sample uh, throughout. Um, features Shock G on the mic with appearances by the Computer Woman and a, uh, a rare appearance by Schmoovie Schmoo. <laughs> Very exciting. Um, yeah, so basically they kind of uh, uh, do a, uh, a sexy explanation of what sex packets are. I love this song. It's, uh, it's one of my uh, top three on this album. Uh, it's just so well produced and so well done. And that, that Prince uh, sample is fucking amazing. Um, over on YouTube, the official audio has about 26,000 views. Now listen to, this, listen to this user who comments, Big Cage says... Oh, well... If I could only choose to listen to one song before this, before I die, this is it. So, there you go. Uh, Denise Carter I would have, I would have thought the big kid would have said, Oh, you're not going to mess with a cage on mine. Cage on the ground, favorite User Denise Carter says, God, Shock G would, would have got the vagina. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, yeah, Morning D.E.W. says... Loved this album so much pussy back then. <laughs> nice. Take a listen to this fucking uh, sample. This time. That, that guitar sample. Nice. <laughs> there you go. Again, uh, front runner for uh, it's the title track. The album name is great. The song name is just as great because it's the same. What a, what a brilliant fucking name, Sex Packets. Uh, here's uh, another little throwaway interlude, track 12. In that classic hip-hop fashion, it's a little interlude. Uh, it's called Street Scene. It's track 15 on the cassette, track 5 on the LP. It's just a conversation between a Sex Packet dealer and a customer with uh, the Danger Zone playing in the background. All right. So that's street scene, and that goes right into track 13. Yes. <laughs> so good. This should have been uh, Blade Rogers' music. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> uh, Packet Man. Yes. Track 16 on the cassette, track 6 on the LP, track 13 here. It's basically a further explanation of sex packets as related between Shock G as the dealer and Humpty as the customer. Chopmaster J shows up during the conversation at the end. So, the Chopmaster making his appearance. That's beautiful. It's got one sample, Fred Wesley and the Horny Horns' Foreplay, which is a tremendous song on its own. Uh, DU's follow-up, uh, this is an EP release, features the Worth a Packet remix of this song. <laughs> Over on YouTube, uh, the audio has about 25,000 views. Uh, Andrew Flood says, in all in caps, by the way, Packet Man, cool ass song by Digital Underground. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the insight. Yes. Um, K1 Falls says, this song reminds me of my early teen years when I was trying to get pussy. I'm glad those days are over. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> um, sad Babs. Uh, back again says something about this group is incredible to me their sound is always fresh to me and i'm genuinely hooked they are everything i'm living for it oh they're everything and i'm living for it to which xavier garcia replies yeah anyone ever told you you're an a-hole <laughs> and i don't know why why was he mad <laughs> you need to get, we need to get to the bottom of this <laughs> xavier garcia you gotta hit us up uh, on Twitter, at Albums Are Dead, please 
uh, we'll get you on the show to explain why you were so angry at Sad Bass. Please, yes. <laughs> that's and that's, great. And that's Packet Man, and we are right at the uh, at the final track coming up here. Here we go. Track fourteen, the Packet Reprise. So sexy. Uh, closes out the cassette version as well uh, as track 17. This is the penultimate track on the EP, on the LP, sorry. Um, it's essentially a short instrumental from Sex Packets. Uh, I, I love reprises, so I'm, I'm down with this. I wish it was longer. <laughs> yes, we needed more music on this album. It was not long enough. <laughs> well, it's only, what, a minute and 33 seconds? There you go. Not much to say, just a, just a, little, uh, a little capper at the end. And that's Sex Packets, folks. That's the track-by-track analysis by, uh, by uh, your favorite podcasters. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, shall we talk reviews quickly? Please. Um, the album was mildly received in 1990. Uh, these days, it's kind of well-regarded, I guess. Um, in 1990, though, Entertainment Weekly gave it a C. Uh, reviewer Greg Sandow had this to say. Amiable seems to be the best word for Digital Underground, who've been famous, at least in rap and dance circles, for hit singles such as The Humpty Dance and Do What You Like. Now they've made their first album, Sex Packets, which naturally includes these two singles. And generally, it just lopes along with amiable raps, amiable beats, even amiable explicit sex talk throughout side two. The second side is the sex side, or so the album says. Side one is the safe side. Safe to be played on the radio, get it? But then... Side 2 is also full of talk about condoms. No irresponsibility from Digital Underground. No musical irresponsibility either. The beats sound like some musical equivalent of a patchwork quilt stitched from only three or four patches, which then fit together just a little more slyly than you'd expect. I like all that. Too bad the album, and especially the extended version on cassette, drags on much too long just doing that same old amiable thing. Um, So, you know, he brings up a lot of good points. Uh, Curtis Field of the Orlando Sentinel, gave it four stars in 1990 saying the, this crew's debut album pro- proves there's more going on in Oakland than MC Hammer. Digital Underground comes at you with funny noses and imaginary tales of sex drugs but the underground folks have more than gimmicks going for them. They have incredibly sharp hooks that won't let go. Jams such as the Humpty Dance will linger in your head for weeks. One reason is their knack for offbeat lyrics that stand out in a crowd of rhyme master wannabes. Okay. Um, uh Okay, here we go. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm skipping these. It didn't make sense why I put all music right after this, because I got... What did the Village Voice... Oh, what did they say? What, what did Robert Christgau have to say? Uh, well, first first of all, he gave it a B in his first run. Okay. Which isn't a good rating. And he said this. I'm not going to call him a singles band, but I defy anyone who loved Do What You Like and liked Humpty Dance to isolate either's equal among the many cuts that remain. Debonair frat boys, they never leave you totally uninterested. But only twice more are they anything like compelling on the title track, a properly multi-leveled Age of AIDS Fantasia, and on Gutfest 89, which remind us that frat boy sexism is no less lethal than the street variety. Um, <laughs> Chris Gow then later uh, re-reviewed it, I guess, for his big consumer guide. He gave it a scissor symbol. Okay. For Humpty Dance and Do What You Like, which means the tracks are choice cuts. Good songs on an album that isn't worth your time or money. Wow. Uh, recently, All Music gave it five stars out of five, saying, Sex Packets is a vibrant, wildly funny record that transcends any attempt to dismiss it as mere novelty. Novelty records are throwaways, cheap gags that are funny once but never pay off with repeat plays, something that Sex Packets certainly does. Sex Packets is layered like any good story, corny jokes, gross-out tales, flights of fancy, and sheer absurdist humor coexists comfortably, comfortably, usually within the course of one song. Few hip-hop albums sound as much like a constant party as this, and years later, it's still impossible to resist. So all music likes it. I gotta say, sadly, no Pitchfork review. Oh, that's, uh, that's upsetting. Not even on a best-of list? No. So not. sad. Um, as far as a tour goes, I mean, there were, the, the details were scant. Uh, I was able to pull up a few post-release tour dates from 1990 from setlist.fm uh so they played may 3rd uh, 1990 at our, uh, on arsenio hall in la july 1st at the omni in atlanta july 5th at the community war memorial in rochester new york civic arena on july 7th in pittsburgh summit in houston on august 19th shoreline amphitheater in mountain view california on august 24th and arco arena in sacramento on august 25th um i don't really have much to say 
about uh, about the tour because uh, there doesn't seem to be much information. Okay, well, they have a tour. Had, Good for I them. Bun- I had a bunch of stuff uh, that I copied out of a, a a Rolling Stone oral history on Tupac's time in Digital Underground, but I'm not going to get into it because we're we're buttoning up against the time here. But let's just say whatever tour they had was just pure madness. So many inflatable dolls that they pretend to hump. <laughs> well, of course, humpy hump <laughs> makes total sense. So much weed, and, and so many, uh, and, and so many sexy times. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. So much chasing of pussy, apparently, according to their fans. Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, they uh, they did play another tour after uh, in in the summer. They uh, their first offer was with Hammer, uh, Oaktown's three five seven, and Joe Decky. Uh, but then, uh, they got offered, um, for about a hundred dollars, a hundred thousand dollars less to go on tour with public enemy. And they were like, they chose to go with public enemy. So they toured with public enemy that summer. And, uh, there's some stories about, uh, the kind of the clash of, uh, of cultures with, uh, public enemy and their full, like fruit of Islam security. I could see and that. And underground and Tupac running around being assholes. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, that's kind of, kind of what, uh. Oh my gosh! So, <laughs> I all I'm looking at my I have my my uh, iCloud notes open. Yes. I get I get through my notes and, and at the bottom there's all the notes from fucking Mothership Connection just hanging out. Hey, they knew. So, so wow, no one no wonder this uh, this episode went so well. I had I had I had the power of the Mothership Connection pressing me forward. Um, my final thoughts. Uh, give it a listen. Yo, Shaq, um, it's it's pretty shows, pretty good uh, in terms of the production, and some of the songs are pretty fucking awesome. Um, I give it a, a solid thumbs up from me. I don't listen to it a lot because it's a it's a slog, um, but I would definitely recommend uh, giving uh, at least get away from the from the two singles. Give Sex Packets, Ramen and the Funk, and The Way We Swing and Listen, because they are top-notch tracks. Yeah, you could probably build your own playlist around, you know, six or seven tracks from this one and, and uh, get a good gist for the album and enjoy this uh, music yeah. tremendously. Well, I'll tell, you what, well, I'll tell you what the listeners should do. What you do is you, you grab Humpty Dance, Do What You Like, The Way We Swing, Ramen and the Funk, and Sex Packets, okay? You take that, you put same song from This Is An EP release on it, uh, on your mix, on your playlist. Then you grab uh, Tales of the Funky and Sons of the P. And uh, I don't know. You could take D Flow Shuttle maybe, uh, and No Nose Job off of Sons of the P, and then take Who Got the Gravy, which is off another album of theirs. And there's another one, Return of the Crazy One, off Body Hat Syndrome. You've got a playlist, the best of Dijon Underground. There you go. <laughs> that that is why you are Megamix.com. I am. I, I would mix up the. I would mix them up though, so they weren't like all one album, then all the other album. I'd, I'd mix those up because I am a master of mixing. Well, hit them up on Twitter at Megamix.com if you want more lessons in mixing. Or go to, uh, what's it, Megamix.com.wordpress.com. Yes, that's uh, Megamix.com. Not available as URL, unfortunately. It's been snacked up. Snacked up. Snacked up. <laughs> Snapped up. Um, you, of course, are at Slip with five eyes. I am. And uh, Mr. Slip, tell us what we've got on the docket for next week. Next week, we're talking about Peter Gabriel's uh, self-titled album, Peter Gabriel. Uh, but because there are four self-titled albums, we were talking about the third one, also known as Melt, released in 1980. Uh, yes. One of my fit, well, my favorite artists of all time, and one of my favorite albums of all time, should be a good one. So, folks, uh, go give it a listen before so you can get uh, hyped up for the big uh, for the big for the big breakdown that uh, the Slipman will be doing next week. And uh, until then, head over to albumsordead.com to get all your information on our previous episodes because right there are a lot of good ones. And until next week, again, I am Slip with Five Eyes or Slip. I'm at Megamix.com. See you next week. Good night. Like the way we swing. The queen told you that you're nothing but an underling. We're talking trash. We kick it kind of cocky. You can't deny it, though. The drums are good and sloppy. The funky beat is playing and we're swinging along. The underground is rocking with the hip-hop song.